Our new podcast sponsor is BarkBox.com forward slash happy. Let me tell you how happy I am about BarkBox. A lot of you know we have a puppy named Walter and he gets into everything if he is not entertained. BarkBox delivers a monthly subscription of three to four toys and treats to our home every month. And the best part is they tested them all on their own pets. So you know they're the best. And right now, my listeners get a free box with every six-month subscription. Just head over to BarkBox.com forward slash happy. Hopefully, you'll be happy too. Hi, I'm Michaela, a psychotherapist. Hi, I'm Savannah, not a psychotherapist. Welcome to our podcast, Be You, Find Happy. Real-life conversations about life and the pursuit of happiness. Don't um don't let the snake in the house. Okay, don't open it. Don't open it. Yeah. It's my right. Yeah, attention. Right. That's right. Okay, I think we should just go from here and talk about that snake. So uh my uncle brought me uh, a present today, which he does. He's always done since I was a kid. He has brought me my first animal, which was a pet bunny named Ariel. I love the little mermaid. He always promised me a giraffe, a baby giraffe from the zoo, which I never got. But I, as an adult, don't blame him. Um, and today he brought my kids uh, in a mason jar a little tiny snake. I just don't think that's a gift. That's not a gift. That is a nightmare in a jar. It's not a this is not it like... It is a sweet little gift. Oh, my God. So we're going to go home and play. So it I brought it to Michaela's rattlesnake. house. It is, it is ra- not a rattlesnake. Oh, my God. Gonna... It is like brown. It's a baby rattlesnake. I don't think it's a baby rattlesnake. But Danielle had a dream, like, literally two nights ago about rattlesnakes in her yard, having to, like, take Ava and run away, and then you show up to my house with a rattlesnake. It's not a rattlesnake. And the dream book is right there, and we can read about it's what they baby. mean. I... They're babies. If you dream, there's going to be a baby somewhere. But why would you want to put a snake in your garden to kill the gophers? Um, I mean, because it point? naturally exists there. So I was weed eating the garden, this cleaning out for the fire pokers, and it's still cold. Um, and I found a snake this weekend, and it was like barely moving, and it wasn't dying. It was hibernating because it's cold, so it needs to stay back. So you know what I did? I didn't grab it and put it in the ter- terrarium. Like you I weed whacked his head off. Well, I covered back up with dirt oh and let my it God. be. No. Let no, it be. No. In nature. I feel bad that we have a snake and we're transplanting it, but my garden will be a lovely place for it. If not, no. You know what's lovely for a garden? Ladybugs is lovely for a garden. You know what's lovely for a garden? Earthworms. That's lovely for a garden. <laughs> Snakes, no. This is like aphids status. Like, no. I do not want these things. I have a cat and an owl just for this purpose. You have an owl? Yeah, little barn owl. He lives like right over here. Well, maybe I brought him a little lunch. He gets to eat a little snake. You're not leaving the snake in my fucking house, dude. I'm, I'm <laughs> no. thinking I might just trip and fall and. <laughs> and you will be spending the next two hours on your knees with a fucking headlamp trying to find the damn thing and put it back in another mason jar. So is it safe to say that you are afraid of snakes? I'm like, yeah. I mean, it's not like a fear like how I am. I kind of have a fear of heights. It's not like that. It's just like, I just don't want them in my vicinity. Did I ever tell you the rattlesnake story when Tucker was little? No. We were out in the yard, and we I was working in the dirt and doing stuff, and he was, you know, a few feet away from me. And this was before we had a yard. And I heard a noise that sounded like a sprinkler. And I don't know, something just told me to get up and put Tucker inside. It was time for lunch, whatever. He was little, crawling, not even one. And so I picked him up and we went inside and then I went back outside to just pick up my tools that I was where I was digging. And there was no joke, a six foot rattler right there. Literally, I freaking freaked. I freaked. I ran inside the house, called Matt. And he's like, I won't make it home in time. That thing will be gone. And I did not sleep for like a week. But so it turns out the sprinkler noise that I was hearing was a freaking rattler. And Tucker was right there irritating the rattlesnake. That is what happened. Like... That's what made the rattle, the sprinkler go. So a week later, the neighbor found it on his porch, killed it, and then his wife made a necklace out of the rattles. We used to always have rattlesnakes as a kid. My dad would top their heads off with a shovel, and you can count their rattlers. So, for, <sighs> so as I'm told, I could be wrong, but that every year they grow another like ring, and so you can tell how old the snake is. 
by how many rings yeah. other rattles are. We had another a baby rattler situation. We were out by the burn pile doing a dump run, and Matt goes, "Don't move, don't move," and I'm like, "Okay," and I knew the minute he said that it was a snake. He ran to the garage, grabbed his shovel, runs back, takes the shovel, and literally chops the head off a rattler two inches from the top of my toe. It was so camouflaged, I did not even see it. And for the whole time that he went to get the shovel, it was right there. A baby rattler. That shit would have killed me. Straight up. No. Mm-mm. No. <laughs> not doing it. Baby snake. Do, 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 do. Baby snake. Coming for Michaela. Do, 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 do. Coming for you. Okay, so what are some fears that you guys have? Obviously, Michaela is afraid of snakes. She probably has the right to be afraid of snakes because you've had some near-death experience with your kids. Uh, what are some other things that people can be afraid of? I'm not telling you mine because then you know my weakness. So I will never tell you my fears. Um, but yeah, think about it. What are some fears that you guys have? I think the tangible fears are like far more easy to deal with, like being afraid of a rattlesnake or something like that, or being afraid of heights, than being afraid to live your life. Fear of abandonment. Or fear of failure. Or fear of, I think those fears are like way more paralyzing than than the other fears that come to mind when you think of like, oh, I fear, you know, whatever. But what if those fears are just as paralyzing as in the sight of seeing a snake. I mean, that obviously could physically cause that reaction, but some people have that reaction to their their fears. Um, I always fear that I'm going to run into, like, my ex. <laughs> Not my ex-husband, because he doesn't count, but, like, he that ex, count. you know? And you're just, like, the day that you're, like, wearing granny panties and this laundry right. and your <laughs> no bra in the grocery store opening, you know, with it. That's my, those are, that's, that is one of my fears. If you're going to get caught in this place, like, oh, that's which is pretty stupid one. because I'm pretty low maintenance and I, it right. probably could easily happen. But that is such a good one. Like the fear of perception of others, especially in a moment when you look like a troll yeah. <laughs> and you're just, oh, that will totally happen to me too. I will definitely, that will be my scenario. It's funny where we grow our fears because our kids obviously have different fears than, or what our fears were as children too, are not dark. The dark of Mm -hmm. kind of a weird one though is I always was scared of like this like wolf that lived upstairs, kind of like the big bad wolf. And I would, it was weird. I was, I always thought he lived like up the stairs and around the corner, and I would almost have this like idea of him, and he lived up there, and I would try to like stay from. My child is terrified of the big bad wolf. Really? Yeah, Della, Della. Made that up on her own or genetically passed down through the I don't home? know. Like, there's <laughs> definitely been big bad wolf stories. And she's, mm-hmm. she, she tries to talk, she talks herself out of her fears sometimes. She said, you can hear her, like, repeating herself. There's no such thing as a big bad wolf. There's no such oh. thing as a big bad wolf. Oh, my goodness. She'll say, Poor thing. there's a good wolf. There's a good wolf. <laughs> I know he's good. There's a good wolf, mama. He's not a bad wolf. He's a good wolf. <laughs> It's cute, though, how their minds work and what they create, and it's so imaginative compared to our fears, which are so more rooted in, like, you know, forensic files. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Don't get me started on that one, because um, I... And it's, it's always someone you know, by the way. <laughs> Well, our forensic files, though, we don't tell me that you have still to this day, if you're home alone in the dark, that your imagination doesn't creep up on you because mine sure as heck does. Let me tell you straight up, that is not staying the night. I come home, don't close the garage door in case I need to quickly escape, okay? I take my purse because it has my key and I don't want to not be able to get my car going if needed. Then we go inside and I make Tucker stand by the door while I go through every room and check everything out and make sure everything is locked, every, like straight four locks. You are yeah. not kidding. I definitely clear the house before. Right? You clear the house too. And oh, you yeah. have a two-story. That shit's scary. I have a two-story in some weird little nooks and crannies where people could hide really easy. Oh, yeah. The boogeyman definitely is hiding spots in my house. Oh, my God. So yeah. I get that. I, but I don't I don't think I could go home to your house at night. It is, it is a little have, scary. Yeah. And on top of, like, we're... Somebody could be at my house, and I would never know, never know, that there was somebody in my house. You would, though, because you have the dogs, and they would alert you. 
Yeah, um, have you seen my dogs? They are like the worst. Probably, Speaking of like, I no, Sierra would rip someone's face off if they were. I I've rolled up and she's been. And Sierra scared me before. And is it she because she's like me. a hundred pound Rottweiler, or just because she's? I don't know. She's, no, because if she's pissed and somebody doesn't know Sierra and doesn't know her name or doesn't whatever. Now you know my dog's name, so if you try to come to my house, you can tuck my dog down. No, you know what's crazy? So at the shop, earlier this week, Walter was outside taking a, you know, potty break, and a sales guy showed up, and Walter went flying across the parking lot the minute he opened his door. He was like, whoa, 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 and Walter's bark actually sounds kind of scary, believe it or not, and the guy got out, and I was kind of like... Yeah, I kind of concur. I get the vibe that you're a little slimy. You know, like, I kind of felt that, too. And so um, he looked at me like, aren't you going to shut your dog up? And I just smiled at him. I'm like, no, I'm not going to shut my dog up because you are the exact person that I want my dog to be barking. Yeah, and so then when he got closer, I said, it's okay, Walter, you know, whatever, but... No, mm -mm. I think I think those the little things that we get inside that, you know, some people say are rational fear or rational thought. I think that you would have that, too, when you got home. Like if you got home, you you would would feel it. Stuff just looks different. And my house has been robbed twice. Not this one, but in the past, I've had two homes robbed. And the minute I walked in, the minute I walked in, I knew somebody had been in. Somebody had been there. So I can definitely, like, relate to that. Like, intuition, like, feeling inside of, like, ooh, something's not right. And if I actually felt that rolling up to here and Matt wasn't home or something, if I felt that, I probably wouldn't even, I would leave the house. I probably wouldn't even come Yeah, out. I probably wouldn't either. Mm-hmm. I would probably, I don't, yeah. You would feel it, you know what I mean? You'd walk in and you'd just sense it. What a sense of uh, invasion of your privacy. That would be terrible. I couldn't imagine Oh, I couldn't imagine that, especially having children. Being robbed? Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. It yeah. feels totally violating. Totally violating. I felt so angry for a long time about it, actually. Both times that I was robbed, I felt that. I felt or that you're a hardworking person. And, that and then somebody came in. Somebody you. came and took the things that you worked hard for that had value to you. Or those things that aren't replaceable. That would be, like, the thing. I If they took something that was, like, a family heirloom or... You know what? Actually, I've been robbed three times. But the the one of the times, it was actually by the housekeeper. And how I found out is there were two... I had three rotten bananas in the kitchen on the counter that were rotting because I was going to make banana bread with them. And I was home while she was cleaning. And it was an agency I was using in San Diego. And they'd sent this girl and she'd never been there before. And I noticed there were only two bananas on the counter. And I was like, who takes a banana without asking? Like, I totally would have been like, eat the banana. If you're hungry, eat. But the fact that she did that, and so prior to that, I had been robbed. And so I kept decoy jewelry in certain spots because it was a brand new home development. And they had used the builder key and robbed while they were building the home. So I had these decoy jewelry things set out. So I would know if I got robbed. I know it sounds kind of crazy. but Yeah, it was crazy. So I went upstairs and checked the deke. And it was missing, the decoy jewelry. And so I knew right then she was robbing me. As she was in my home, she was in my fucking home, dude. So I called the cops and I'm like, there's a woman cleaning my house right now and she is robbing me as I speak. So I don't even really count this one because I was home for it. But um, so they showed up and because she was a female and they sent a male cop, he could not do anything about, he couldn't like search her or I don't know, something about that. So they ended up, um, they ended up letting her go. And I'm like, she stole, she stole a lot of stuff from this place. She stole from me, but they ended up going to her home later with a warrant. And what is crazy is they found she'd been robbing all the homes that they were sending her to clean. And so they found the way she was doing it. She was stuffing them in the vacuum bag. It was a vacuum that had like a bag and she was stuffing the stuff in the vacuum bag. Like pretending the vacuum and then she'd empty it out later and take all the stuff. So I had to go to court about this and everything because I was the first person who identified her and reported it. And I got a letter from a woman who said that um, in the belongings they found at her home was her grandmother's ring. And she thanked me for like my, my courage and whatever and stepping forward. 
and courage. So having your fears, overcoming your fears with courage. Two not related in that story, but a great part of overcoming your fears right. to have the courage. courage right. Um, have you ever had a time that you were afraid of something or you had a fear and you overcame a fear? So it's funny you, you ask this because I hate needles. That is definitely fear of mine. And I just wound up, you know, had a little mishap <laughs> to go to the ER in an ambulance yesterday. Did you know that? Yeah, I had to do that. So anyway. <laughs> um, hold on. You're, uh, um, I'm, yeah. you were in an ambulance yesterday? Yeah. You're telling me as we're recording our podcast. <laughs> hey, by the way, I were in an ambulance yesterday. Yeah. So I took Matt to the doctor, something totally unrelated. I had an appointment for Friday because my heart's been doing this wacky thing. And I'm like, oh, well, as long as, um, as, long as I'm here, I might as well have my appointment now and not Friday because they take walk-ins. We'll just do, like, family doctor appointment. So they, she goes, well, what's going on? She looked at my phone, and then she goes, is your heart doing it right now? And I go, yeah. They sent, they sent these guys out to the lobby they listen to my heart. All of a sudden, I'm being whisked to the back, hooked up to a 12 lead, and they're panicking because of what my heart's doing. And they're like, she's going code three to Sutter, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, what's happening right now? I just want my thyroid medicine adjusted. What is going on? And they're like, no, you're not going anywhere. You're going straight to the emergency room. And so this is actually a hysterical story. They called the ambulance. And I'm like, my husband's in the lobby. Like he didn't even have his appointment yet. And, um, I'm like, could he just drive me? And they're like, no, absolutely not. You are not okay. Like all this stuff. So the ambulance shows up and the girls wheel in the little, you know, bed thing. And I was like, so drama, like, really, come on. I can like, I've been dealing with this for 10 days. I think I can get myself to the hospital. I drove myself here. And they're like, I'm sorry, it's just not a good idea. You know, your pulse is dropping into the 30s. You could pass out while driving. I'm like, my husband can drive me. If I pass out, I'll take a little nap. <laughs> you know, so we get in, we get in the ambulance. And this is so funny. So my heart is doing this thing. It's like, dun, 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 like this weird, like, dun, dun, dun. Like, weird thing. I'm, I'm not smiling, by the way. I don't think this is very funny. <laughs> I think this is hysterical. It gets better. So I said to the girls, I'm like, I'm just kind of extra right now. I'm just like, you know. And um, I'm like, do you mind if I take a selfie? <laughs> and so they're kind of laughing. And I'm like, I'm like, I can make the heart, the wax go away. I can meditate them away. And they're like, yeah, right. Go ahead. Prove it. They're all prove it then. I'm hooked up to a 12 lead, mind you. And I'm like, okay, when do you want me to start? And they're like, right now. I'm like, all right. So I'm laying there and I just meditate, meditate, pull on, meditate. Dude, you got to see the heart reading. It is straight, beautiful heart. And then she goes, okay, don't do that anymore. And then it goes right, all nasty. Back to back, back to back. I have it on a printout, the power of meditation. Not even kidding. It was, she was like, holy crap, how did you do that? You need to teach me how to, this is crazy. They wheeled me into the ER. We were laughing our asses off, not even joking. And the, the nurses that were waiting for me, pending, pending me, they're like, she really looks code three. And I'm like, I didn't want to come this way. Like, I could walk in here on my own. You just said a Roseville? In Auburn, Auburn. Auburn. Yeah, and so she said, they told the ER nurses, they're like, this girl... She's like a freaking nature. She can meditate her heart palpitations away. And they're like, what? And so I went in the room and they're like, show us that. Like they had the printouts and they wanted to see it for themselves. I did it. I did it again. I made them go away by meditating. The doctor comes in. And he's just like, uh, you are seriously a puzzle. I'm like, well, what's wrong? They ran all the tests, you know, and I'd had this back in November. I really think... It's a combination of things, but I think my the vitamin blend I was taking had hormone and energy in it, support for hormone and energy, and I think that was causing some of it. But I also think there's like an energetic shift happening in the world that I'm just em empathically picking up on. Like the electrodes in my heart are just shifting. To, yeah. Anyway, so <laughs> so he says, look, they did the stress echo. They they did the echo. They did the stress test. They ran your blood. I ran your blood again. He's like, you are like the epitome of health. And I'm like, 
I know, right? And he's like, and you can meditate this way. I'm like, well, what am I diagnosed with? Like, what is this? He goes, honestly, I go, is it anxiety? And he goes, no, if you had anxiety, your pulse would be racing. He goes, you're like 50. Your, your pulse is like 50. It's beautiful. It's like the runner's pulse. And then I go, okay, well, is it my thyroid? And he goes, no, your thyroid is looking really good right now. Like I could have seen that back before what you were describing with taking the pills and the vitamins at the same time. But no. I go, then what is it? And he goes, honestly, he goes, you're just wired like really different. And so I was laying there and he goes, um, and the nurse came in. She goes, we want to get one more recording. And I go, okay. And I was like super calm. And she's like, you're making them not happen. And I'm like, oh, do you want them to happen? And she goes, yeah. So I started thinking about stuff that was worrisome, like would stress me out. And I go, okay, here you go. There's one. And she goes, you felt that? It was just like faint extra heartbeat, just a faint extra heartbeat. And I go, oh yeah. I go, oh, those are nothing. I go, it's the big ones that feel like I'm getting kicked in the chest by a horse. And she goes, oh my God, I can only imagine if you can feel those little teeny tiny faint extra beats. So I have a faint, I have an extra heartbeat. I have an extra heartbeat occasionally and uh, sinus arrhythmia. So it's like beating backwards every once in a while, like PVCs, bigeminy, trigeminy, all that good stuff going on, but it goes away. Like I can make it go away. By meditating. But that has nothing to do with the fear thing. What that whole conversation started from was they had a stick and IV in my arm. <laughs> okay, I'm just trying to like, um, okay. Okay. I'm just gonna just keep rolling with this. I know that this is when maybe we should like be live recording video so you can see my face. I'm just a little perplexed. Um, but I know you and I believe you and I can feel what you're saying is the truth. And I would love to also see these, not because I don't believe you, because I would love other people to see these. Yeah, they're in my purse. I'll go get them for you. So Steph, you know, I interviewed Steph Birch. She saw, she saw them and she was like, you need to go teach ambulance people how to meditate. <laughs> like, you need to take those in. Power of meditation. Holy. I mean, I'm a believe. I totally believe you. Um, that's something I think people... Wow. It's crazy. I'm a little caught for words in a word show. So I got to think about this. So so the IV. So you're scared however, of needles. And they're obviously it's not getting... something I like. And they, I didn't even, I didn't even have an IV when I had tuck. Like straight up. I was like, no, you're not giving me anything. I, I popped them out naturally. I didn't even have a Tylenol. But you didn't even have like a, a port, an IV, like no nope. line. Nothing. Well, part of that is because this is a funny story. I don't have I ever told you Tucker's birth story. No, are you? I think you should save that for another time and tell me the birth story. But I think you should tell me about your needles fear. Okay, but because that kind of plays into it, though, is that I did not want to have. I don't like hospitals. I don't like. I'm you know I'm a hypochondriac about stuff. I hate. To, like health stuff. That's my biggest huh, is health things freak me out. I, I, I I'm no, gonna be I really honest. She's bad. a little bit of a hypochondriac in this sense. I'm a lot of it. Um, <laughs> if uh, a lot, a, a little bit. A little, um, I'm probably gonna blame Kathy. How many times do I text you and be like, I have a blood clot? You're uh, like, no, Michaela's, you have a sore muscle. Michaela's dying every other day. Um, <laughs> she really is. <laughs> Don't. <laughs> she keeps web empty. Um, Dude, I go to the Mayo Clinic. I keep it legit. You, you're Mayo Clinic. Fuck yeah. But, but, so, but what's funny about this is when it's though, serious, you don't have I normal, don't do it. You, but you also don't have... Um, normal symptoms. You don't have normal symptoms of normal things. So it's under... Literally, the doctor told my mom in front of the ER. And, like, and if it's going to happen, it's going to happen to you. It is. Weird shit. And like, if you're going to get poison oak on your wedding, <laughs> be completely covered in poison oak. head to toe in poison oak for your wedding day. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, me. It's going to be you. So I did text Danielle, who also is an ER nurse. And I was like, she's like, call me when you're on your way home. And I'm like, yeah. So I think it's just energetically there's a shift in the universe and I'm empathically picking up on it. And that's what she <laughs> like. She messaged me back. She goes, that's totally what I was thinking. And and I read my mom, Danielle's text message, and she, she my mom rolled her eyes. I'm like, serious, Danielle? Like, you believe me? And then she texts me back. She's like, no. <laughs> no. 
I think it's genetics, anxiety, and your thyroid. I'm like, oh. I, do. Okay. I, I am curious to know what your dosage of your thyroid is. It's 100 micrograms now. But I'm trying to get off. I want to go off of all thyroid medication because I don't. I won't have any medication if Armageddon happens. So I what are you laughing? I love it. It's true. So I need to go natural. So I'm working on that. I'm working on that. I really like to do dive into the thyroid. We s- stop the thyroid madness. Yeah, we need to do. We need com. to do a thyroid episode. I saw a picture of a butterfly with chains uh, around it, and I'm like, you know, because the thyroid's a butterfly. Thyroid man. butterfly, your throat mm-hmm. chakra. Mm-hmm. There's a lot mm-hmm. to it. I also suffer from some thyroid issues. Really, um, who doesn't anymore? I, I, that's a great question. I feel like everybody does. So fear needles, that's the deal. And I um, work through them by, I don't even know, really. I, th- I think the way that I kind of deal with it is I think I take a deep couple deep breaths and I think it's not going to last very long. This is going to pass, you know, and that's kind of how I... Fear, fear, I think from a therapeutic standpoint, like how you deal with fear is by rational thought against irrational thought and experience i think it's it's time in the barrel like you've got to put yourself in the situation and see you survive i talked about not telling you my fears because then you know my weakness what drives us and what motivates us sometimes are some of our fears um if we do things to prevent those fears then we um if we you know i'll just put this out there without getting too much into my fears i know i work hard to um, make sure that my fears are not present in my life. I don't let them get close to me. Is that a good thing, though, or does that perpetuate the fear more? Like, if you're avoiding, is that helping or is that worsening? Um, I think it comes down to how much time you're spending thinking about that fear. You know, is it something, is it impeding my everyday life? Yes. But is it to the much that it's limiting or inhibiting me from doing something or achieving something? felt I think it's natural to want to avoid it to a certain extent because I've certainly felt fear in the moment when I've been doing something and felt like frozen with it you know and I don't want to feel that right I don't want and I I already we already know I have like a crazy parasympathetic nervous system that just freaks fuck out on anything like you do you just touch me wrong and I'm like yeah and so I think for me I don't want to feel that if my heart the whack can feel this way just from like who knows what like being in that environment can really it's it's exhausting for me to to be truly afraid it's exhausting it is or you're exhausted after you've been truly feared i will say that my fears are a little bit more of fears of um failure mm-hmm. i'm a huge mm-hmm. huge fear of failure mm-hmm. so that's one that I definitely try. One of those bigger, not tangible ones. Not tangible ones. Uh, I don't have much tangible. So what's the worst thing that could happen if you fail? Like what's the, that's what I ask, you know, if that's what I would be asking myself if I were you, like what, what am I so afraid of? Is it how other people are going to view me? Is it letting people down? My fear of failure and I guess comes back to like my definition of failure so it being that I am not able to take care of myself. Um, mm. And so for me, my kind of my fears would be that I am able to be self-sustaining to myself. Um, and I would be feeling if I um, relied too much on others or I couldn't um, take care of my children are kind of my big 
that to me is I've failed. If I am not protecting, if I am not providing, um, if I am not nurturing in enough way. Mm. So I, um, I always think like, um, I would make, I don't, I'm always afraid I will fail my children. Mm. I'm afraid that I will, um, fail in my job. I will, that I've failed my husband as a wife, have failed mm. mine, or that I've even failed myself, that I haven't lived up to my own dreams mm. um, and goals that I set for myself. So mm-hmm. I'm always keeping that kind of as a motivator because I don't want to fail. I don't want to um, not reach my goals. Mm-hmm. Even though I, I know that you, sometimes you have to fail and sometimes you have to miss your shortcomings because life is not perfect. And every time that you don't miss, don't make a goal or don't make a deadline, you learn from it. Shooting for the stars is just so fucking overrated, though. <laughs> like, really. I know, but... I mean, I, I, my whole thing about that, like, the fear of failure is, I truly believe, like, and I do think the biggest successes come from multiple failures, and... I think a lot of the most successful people have tried a ton of stuff and just fallen flat on their face with it and been like, all right, pick myself up, dust myself off, quit aiming for the damn moon, you know? Like, yeah. just Do you think that every failure, though, they, they just pick themselves up initially or they had to really fall and struggle emotionally with that failure to realize later on when they failed again, that's when you, you got to brush it off? Because I, I don't, I know for me, I'm becoming more and more of a brush it off with my failures. Yeah, 99 problems. <laughs> but failure ain't one. You got some dirt on your shoulder. Why don't you get it up for you? Uh, <laughs> you know, like, so so when you fail, though, and you're really, like, wholeheartedly involved in something, you fail, I think it is hard sometimes to just, like, brush it off initially. Okay, you but. You kind of get wallow in it. It's really easy. And I've, I know I've done that before. Mm-hmm. I've wallowed in my uh, my failed marriage that mm-hmm. haunted me for mm-hmm. a re- It inhibited mm-hmm. my growth because I was so obsessed with the fail, like that I had failed. I, you know, my I grew up with divorced parents and I always told myself, that's not going to happen to me. I'm never, the only, re- only time I'll ever get divorced is if. My husband is abusive, physically abusive, or if he cheats on me. I remember thinking that since I was a young girl. Um, well, yeah, but but it's where you put the failure that defines how you view it in hindsight. I think it's like the it's like the capsule that you tuck it into. How what does that look like for you? Is it something that you go, wow, yeah, that was totally not that was cool experience, but that was not. The direction I want to go with my life at all, and I get one life, and I want to do the best I can with it. So, you know, we talked about this before. With did we talk about the captcha? Did we the captcha? What's a captcha? Right? Oh my god, it's the thing that when you're when you're going to check out on a store online, and there's the captcha. Oh yeah, and it's like select the fire hydrants. Yeah, dude. The other day I was like, okay, I did the fire hydrants right. I'm like fire hydrant, fire hydrant, fire hydrant, and it's like. You did not do it correctly. Do, 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 do. And then it puts another one in. And it's like, select the bridges. And I'm like, well, I don't freaking know. Is that a bridge? Is this a bridge? I'm going through. I'm trying to select the bridges. I must have had to do that. Captcha five fucking times. Like, I almost didn't even want to buy the thing anymore because I could Oh, I've not bought things because I'm I like, like, this is too hard. This is too I'm not hard. stupid. I just want to yeah, give up right now. I totally want to fail at this thing. Like, CAPTCHA is a perfect example of how you have to just kind of take it for what it is and be like, oh, I guess I don't know what a hydrant looks like. And try again. I guess I've never, I don't know what a storefront is. <laughs> but I do think some of our best, our, our best change or our best growth in life comes from being in a space of uncomfortability or being in a space of feeling like you failed. And you are walking out the door with your child. So I'm just going to sit here. I'm so fucking distracted. I don't even know what I'm talking about. I'm just going right. to ramble on in my NPR voice and talk about my fears. Because that's all I can talk about. What I was trying to say is I think I that- am Michaela, And I am feared of CAPTCHAs. Are they called? Is that what they're called? I'm not even afraid of CAPTCHAs. I'm saying. I'm afraid that I'm going to be checking no, I'm out. I'm saying that and they're I gonna... fail at them, but I keep doing them anyway. Yeah, trying. this girl's an internet shopper. <laughs> she is. Actually, I was talking about you today. Really? In internet shopping. I was. We were talking about. I was talking with a coworker about um, what I what I learned Amazon Prime was, and 
and we were talking about string lights, you know? Mm-hmm. And I said, I, I found out Amazon Prime was when uh, I was down at the beach with my girlfriend and she bought these lights. <laughs> we had just been talking about it. I was like, how'd you get them so fast? And she was like, uh, Amazon Prime? And I was like, <laughs> what is Amazon Prime? Do you remember hanging lights down at Dylan's beach? I Teach? totally remember that. I do. Actually, when you were talking about the whole thing, I was just picturing the beach. I didn't really hear what you said other than the beach. The beach. <laughs> I was just picturing us out there like... Oh, it was so awesome. That was a great trip for us. We really became friends. Such a, well, we were friends. Yeah. Yeah, but think about how much yeah, time, the connection, the connection yeah. and time mm-hmm. we had. That was a really good yeah. trip. We've yeah. got some good, um, we've got good vi- video footage we and do. pictures from that we weekend. We do, that yes. Was a, well, that wasn't Love Salmon weekend. Speaking of which, people have said, like literally I've gotten messages that people are like, how come there's no pictures of you and Savannah on your podcast cover? Because Savannah doesn't like to take pictures. Dude, we got to get a decent picture of us, like, laughing. Like, That's real. not too hard to do. Want to take a selfie? Right now. Hi, I'm in the back of an ambulance. Let's take a <laughs> selfie. I can't freaking believe. So, did they, what did they say when you wanted to take a selfie in the ambulance? She was like, oh, everybody does it. I'm like, how many fucking people do you have in here that don't really need to be in here? She's like, it's a common thing. She's like, oh, that's why it keeps the, keeps the lights on. I was like, I it's thought on. the idea is that you're, like, not... You know, you're incapacitated. Not that you're able to take a selfie. Who the hell's taking selfies in ambulances? She's at everybody. Crazy. I didn't do a selfie. I did a feedy. Is that a thing? I'm making it a thing. I did a feedy. Oh, so you got artsy. <laughs> I did. So you got artsy. You got Instagram no, artsy. No, truly the reason it. I didn't do a selfie, did I'll be straight Did you put it on your honest. story? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, God, it shows how much I have You gone. missed the day. You um, missed the whole day. I missed the whole day. You I know, there like are days... and you missed it. There are there are days I don't even look at Instagram. So, the reason I didn't take a selfie is because I would have had to bend my arm to do so. And your IV? And it had the IV. Oh, God. Said, oh, God, they would have struck you again. I was like, this arm, I don't know what to do with my hands right now. I'm just going to, like... I'm just going to sit just like this, just not going to move. You should have seen me try to go to the bathroom, dude. I couldn't even, like, what a I baby. My mom you know what, you know what the thing is, is the needle is so tiny. Shut up. A little catheter no plastic. The plastic catheter is teeny tiny. God, nothing. Look at the, look at, dude. Oh my gosh. They got me hard. It's om- you know what? It if hurts. a snake bitch it, it'd be smaller than that. And I had a typhoid shot. So this whole thing, I'm just. <laughs> Oh, Kayla, I'm so sorry. Yeah, it's been a rough No, I really am sorry that, that you've been going through this with you. Oh, the heart I, thing? No, no. I don't mean to tease you from the mail. No, it's funny. I'm a hypo about stuff that, like, isn't important. But when it comes to, like, oh, your heart's beating backwards and has an extra beat and your pulse is 30, I'm like, nah, I'm good. I'm fine. <laughs> I meditate that away. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to yoga it away. It's pretty true. I don't know. Pretty the true. serious stuff, I don't, like, I don't know. I don't know. Okay. Do you want to hear the birth story just really fast? Because it's oh, funny. She's dying to tell the birth story. It's funny. It's a funny story. Okay. It's a you st- have, hysterical you story. You have 1.5 minutes. Go. Okay. Tucker was scheduled to be born on June 5th in the sense that my baby app said so. That was 40 <laughs> weeks, June 5th. So the night before June 5th, I start feeling him kicking like crazy. And I say to Matt, huh. He's really active in there. Wouldn't it be funny if he came on his due date? And Matt's like, yeah, that ain't going to happen. That never happens to any woman, blah, blah, blah. So I wake up the next morning at 5 o'clock, and I'm like, oh, oh, going to have a baby. He's coming. And Matt goes, go back to bed. I'm like, nope, going to have a baby. I'm going to go get in the shower, and uh, we're going to do that. So I'm in the shower, and I'm, like, doing this swaying thing because I'm feeling the baby. And, and then I come out of the shower. He's still in bed. I'm like, hey, I'm going to have a baby now. And he's like, you know, they talked about this. They said, don't rush down there. It's going to be like another two days. Uh, and I'm like, I'm going to the hospital. I've got my bag in my hand at this point. I'm like, I'm going to the hospital with or without you. Are you driving me or not? He's like, God, I guess. I guess I'll go with you down there. He's not a morning person at all. That's not a morning So he, he showers. Unless he's going fishing. Right. Right, exactly. I swear, I should have said the bite's hot and we would have been there. So we were going by the shop. He goes, oh, hold on, hold on. I got to shut off the air compressor at the shop in case we're going to be at the hospital for a couple days. Like, are you fucking kidding me? He stops at the shop. I am like, I'm having a baby, having a baby. He's like, you're not having a baby. 
So he stops off at the shop, shuts off the air compressor. We start going down the canyon. I'm like, hey, can you pull over? Because I've got like some super bad contractions. He's like, yeah, no, you don't. Those are Braxton Hicks and you're going to be fine. So I'm going to keep driving. You, you, you say you're having a baby. I'm going to keep driving. And I'm like, okay, doing the whole thing. So we get to Rockland and he's like, hey, you know, if you're really going to have a baby, I think I'm going to need some breakfast. He rolls through the goddamn McDonald's drive-thru. Not even kidding. Starts ordering some sausage egg McMuffins. And I am like, okay, okay, baby's coming. I get out of the drive-thru, go into, it's a Chevron McDonald's like slash, no less. So I go into the gas station, into the bathroom with the McDonald's. I'm leaning over the sink and I'm straight doing my breathing, the whole thing. And the ladies are like, oh my God, you're going to have a baby. I'm like, that's what I've been trying to say, trying to tell them. And they're like, where, where did you come from? Like, what's going on? So my husband's in the drive-thru. He's getting breakfast. <laughs> they walk me out, right? They're like telling him in the drive, you need to go to the hospital. You need to take her to the hospital. He's like, eh, no, it's fine. So we cruise down, we cruise down to Kaiser, to Kaiser Roseville. We were with Kaiser at the time. And we, we start going into the place and the girl starts asking me a million questions, like a million questions. And I looked at her, I said, look, I am about to have a baby and I need you to put me somewhere that I can have a baby now. And she's like, well, I just need to ask you a few questions and da, da, da. And Matt's like, I'm going to go back out to the car, get the bag. He heads back out to the car. I'm in like the triage entry room thing. That's not even like your room. And I go, I'm going to shit. Apparently those are the magic words in the baby room because all of a sudden they send in like 10 midwives, like everybody's coming in. They're like, she said she had to shit, flip her over, roll her over. They flip me over. This woman comes in with the IV and I swear, I was like, I'm going to rip your face off if you even think of putting that in my arm right now when I'm trying to push a baby out. <laughs> so I call, they had a phone in the room. I call Matt. I'm like, get in here and tell, I called him on his cell phone because he went to the car to get the bag. I'm like, I'm having the baby. Get the fucking nurse out of here. She's got a needle. <laughs> He's like, oh God, what's happening? So he runs in, he looks at, he saw her. He's like, you need to leave. <laughs> totally told the nurse to leave. Get out of here with that needle. He holds my hand. The midwife holds my hand. I push, boom, Tucker's born. You had Tucker in triage? Yes. Literally, literally like, I tried to tell him, like, I don't have time for this. I'm having a kid right now. You have the baby in triage. Yes. yes. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe if my husband hadn't made four stops, <laughs> if he believed I was having it. So he's born on his due date. Literally born. He's like, you just wanted him to come on your due date. You just forced him out. <laughs> You just want him to come. It's a beautiful story. Yeah. So and then we story. called our moms. To, to, you know, and my mom goes, oh, is she in labor? Matt's like, no, you're a grandma, actually. You're a grandma. There was no time. There was none. Three hours. It was three hours. Like, he was, it was that fast. There was wow. no time. Yeah. So, I did not want the needles. I popped the kid out before they could even put that IV in my arm. <laughs> like, get out of here with your stuff. Yeah. Okay, I want to talk about my baby story. Okay, tell me. Because... Every woman who's about to have a baby for the first time has some fear. That's just how it is. Actually, my Mine fear was of the needle. My not fear the... was with my second child. Really? Um, oh, because your your baby's story is just oh yeah. You know tell I, that story. Um, I'm lucky. I have two very healthy children today, which I know a lot of people um, aren't that lucky. Don't have that. So I just want to give that as a disclaimer before anything. But my first childbirth was not a beautiful thing. No. Um, my pregnancy was not health wise. I was great. My I conceived my first child in Afghanistan, and I spent um, majority of my pregnancy by myself. My husband at the time was still deployed. Um, when Austin was born, um, long story short, doctor dropped her. Um, her umbilical cord ripped. She was hypovolemic. It was probably supposed to be the best day of my life. It was probably one of the worst days of my life. Um, I have spent. So did it hurt when they built, or could you just not? No, I was it? I was so far at that at that time. It was it it was a really. How how did that happen? How did he drop her? 
No, I don't know. Bad footing, not paying attention, arguing, arguing with the nurse. It was a, the whole thing was just a, a really crappy situation. Really. So you push, give one last push, and he's just not there to catch her. He like just, went like, to like sit coffee? in a stool at the same time and push, and he was like talking to the nurse, and it was, um, and more or less he didn't catch her. He fell on the ground, stool oh went flying God. back. Um, Austin fell and she like slid underneath the bed. As her oh umbilical cord ripped, it just like flung blood everywhere because oh it's an open artery. Um, my mother-in-law. Could you have died? Could she have died? I mean. Oh, it could have been way worse. It could have been very worse. Um, my mother-in-law went to go pick her up. The nurse kind of like pushed her out of the way, picked Austin up, and off she was to the NICU. NICU was already in the room. Which you didn't get to have any skin to skin or any like. No. No. Nothing. I didn't either. I was violently shaking after Tucker came out because he came so fast because of everything. Like, and I already have a crazy parasympathetic. He, I was violently, sh- I couldn't even, like, they tried to lay him on my chest and I was just, uh, like, convulsions. Yeah. It was a while before I got to hold him. This was a very, um, you know, it's it was like my baby was, was born. Um, and the feeling in the room was as if my baby didn't make it. Like somber. Which it was, yeah, which was sad, which I'm lucky, you know, that wasn't the case. And I know that's not the case for all people. And it was this like, um, yeah, I mean, and I eventually she ended up spending a few days in the NICU. She had a subdermal hematoma, um, on her her brain, but they, they didn't have any complications and she was fine and she recovered very well. Um, wow. it, that was kind of like the, the spark of some really bad things that kind of happened in my life. My marriage, I suffered from postpartum depression really bad with really? it. Plus I was, rec- I had just come from Afghanistan and at the time I didn't realize I was sure I was definitely suffering from post-traumatic stress disorder. Sure. Um, in all of that, plus your body and your hormones, everything I was away from my Absolutely. family, my marriage was just going down the drain steadily through all of it. Um, and then it was a long process for years that come. That was like that day that sparked it, kind of, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, fast forward to four years later where my life had kind of come around and mm-hmm. changed and things had, had really, um, I'd learned a lot since that day, good and bad. Mm-hmm. Um, but here I was going, the day I was going into labor with Della, you know, I was remarried, my life was better. But I, as the days closed in on the end of my pregnancy, that day mm. I had had with Austin just kind of re, it was coming closer, you know, and I, my fears were coming back up, the things that I had experienced before. And I have to say, because my daughter was also born in, Ki- Della, my second, was born in Kaiser Roseville. And the thing is, is they're, they're coming. They, there's no, it doesn't matter what your fear is. That baby that is baby coming is regardless. Coming. <laughs> uh, um, I, and I still know that probably to, yeah. Uh, it was coming, and as I had already was very open with my team there at, at Kaiser in Roseville um, about your fear, about my fear and what had happened in my experience. Everybody, had, you know, I, even just replaying the story, it was you're hard, like hard. I'm gonna need a baby trampoline underneath my vagina, and it's not, you know, like it, it, it is, it is a really to this day, it's a really hard thing for me to even talk about. It really is like. Um, I think I talk, used to talk about it all the time because it was such an issue. It's therapeutic to do so, yeah. Yeah. Um, and so Della's birth was different. They, she, The nurse who came in and she said, I'm not even breaking this bed down. She got into the bed with me, the, the midwife. Oh, and wow. And it was the most... I like that Kaiser has the midwives too. Yeah. That was beautiful. It. Um, when Della came out, I got my moment with my baby. I got my skin mm. to skin. I had a supportive, amazing husband mm. with me. It was all the things I felt like I missed, uh, I missed with, with the first one. Um, and so since, was it courage or was it just the reality that it was going to happen regardless? What was it that got you from what the got, last one to Well, this actually, one? what got me through the fear and got me through the trauma was that, that um, I I, you don't know what's going to happen. You know, you go into that hospital and you don't know. You don't know. It's, it's, you just got to have the faith that it's, it's going to be okay. Everything's going to be okay regardless. And even no if it's not it okay, is, whatever right? the outcome no is, what. is how, what is what God has intended it to be. Um, and, and you just got to have to be accepting of it. Um, acceptance is the key to failure. Um, you know what? I, I, acceptance is is a big part of of failure and fear or accepting fears um so 
it's okay that you're feeling that. I had a legitimate reason to fear that way. Um, but what ended up putting the basket on all of that was when I had my moment back. You know, and a lot of people don't get that moment back. Right. It healed that, like, more than just the fear of labor or the fear of... Um, it, it closed the gap and more than just fear, because I know that's obviously our theme that we're talking about here. That moment coming back resolved so much of the pain that I had suffered from. Um, I replayed in my head over and over and relived. It like put... So I, what I said earlier, a, a new experience. An experience with a different outcome. Experience with a different outcome. Right? With a different result. Exactly. With a different result. Yes. And I didn't anticipate that. I like we could going in there was concerned about my fear, concerned about not it was gonna fear that what two for two the children get adopted. It wasn't that. It was that I was had worked so hard that I wasn't gonna have um right. that moment that or that moment. I was gonna suffer again. I was uh, I was afraid of suffering um more than need be and that experience totally changed it for me isn't it funny too how a woman as a woman you never forget your birth story i remember when i was growing up and hearing old ladies tell their birth stories and i was like god how many times are we going to talk about this you know but it's such a it's such a life-changing moment that that just you can't help but talk about it you can't help but share Oh, everyone. They're all so unique. Ever, they're all the same. None of no due to stories are the same. Yeah, I'm on Woo! I'm not letting them go. All, all right. right. <laughs> that is the closure. That's hey, it. thank you so much for listening. I'm not letting them go. You're not letting the snake go. Thank you. Let's not. We're circling full back. We're open Can the we? Snake. No, we're not opening Kayla's the snake in Auntie Kayla's house. Okay, go get the snake from me. Go get it. <gasps> no, Savannah. I know. I don't want a fucking snake in here. I know. I'm we're serious. Hey, thank you so much for listening with us today and in, hanging in with our conversation. Uh, if you felt like you were right here in the room with us, that was the intent. We want to um, keep having uh, our listeners coming back, feeling comfortable. Maybe you're taking something, thinking about some fears that you have. Hopefully, maybe we've given you some tips that might be ways on how you can resolve some of your fears. And be happy. Subscribe, like, and if you are so interested, check out our sponsors. They're what keeps our podcast alive. And you. And you. And you. This has been a BU Find Happy podcast. (laughs) For more inspiration, check out our links. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.